Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Lila McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, Lila McRae with me as usual. And Lila, let's start with the most local and maybe second most talked about topic <laughs> today. Uh, I would have thought it would have been the most talked about, but something else happened, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the VHSL had a meeting today. They came out with some drafts. Uh, and unfortunately for the VHSL, or I don't know, it, somehow that information got out. And so now people are looking at it. Some people are panicking. Other people, I to wow. the local media's credit, I haven't seen a lot of local media panic. I've just seen them say this is what is, is, out, there. is out there right now. The VHSL is looking at these maybe. The panicking I've seen is from people commenting, which, no surprise. If you're reading some people commenting, you get to see how many stupid people live around you. Um, but that's the beauty of social media, I guess. Um, but uh, to me, it's interesting. Um, I, I personally am all for transparency, so I don't have a problem with this information being out there. And I think the VHSL is looking at this, and it's still very much in the draft stage, so there's a lot of stuff to iron out, even if what they have in the draft stage ends up being finalized, and that's what they go with. They still have a lot of details to work out, and I think yeah. that's what you've heard from the VHSL today as well, is they acknowledge that and say, look, we've got a lot of stuff we got to figure out first. Um, but obviously, one of the things that pops up right away is winter sports. That would be first. That moves up from December 14th to December 7th, so a week. And uh, it will allow for a 14-game schedule, which means not having to play three games per week unless a game has to be postponed. And really that's aimed at basketball because that's the only sport that generally gets 20 games in in the, in the winter there. So the other sports I do think don't start practicing until the 14th, but that's gymnastics, which we don't have locally, indoor track, and swimming and diving and wrestling. So only a couple of those really matter to our local fans. Um but that's fine. And and you're going to have abbreviated seasons across the board. So it just doesn't throw me off. I didn't see anything across anything we talk about for the next five minutes. I didn't see anything that jumped off the page of like, oh, my goodness, this is unfair. I liked that going through the they named it season one, season two and season three with season two being that fall sports kind of spliced in there. Um, the state final is before the first contest of the next season. So that's that's handy. Like and and what okay, what are we looking at there? <laughs> We're looking at, hey, does Riverheads does any basketball, any bat not just Riverheads, that's unfair, but any basketball here locally go very deep. We're talking Stanton High School, we're talking East Rock High School. I know they're not right in our county. We're talking Riverheads who made a run last year. Any of these girls teams we have around here that's that are very good, Buffalo Gap and and Wilson and Stewart's Draft. Any of those teams go deep, will that affect them rolling into the fall sports? Sure, it'll cut into their practice time, but they won't miss first contest. So we won't have this immediate schedule crunch just to begin these next seasons, which I appreciate. I wish, honestly, in, in other seasons it was kind of set up this way in normal times. Um, but where we get to, the meat, and that's what everybody's talking about today, six-game football season. Regular season, six games, and then they're going to shave a week off the playoffs so you don't have that region quarterfinal. You start with the region semis, then the region final, then state semis and state final. No one should freak out about that because, what was it, six years ago, five years ago? That's what they were doing. We've only had these additional playoff games for so long, and maybe maybe a little bit longer than that ago. But 
when I came through playing football, this is what it was. When you were in high school, this is what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, four four playoff games and you win a state championship. Yeah, there were seven and three teams that didn't make the playoffs when I was in high school. Yeah, so, so it's, it's just going to be part of the game. And yeah, you're not going to have 10 games to prevail uh, at who belongs and who doesn't, but you're going to have a six-game season in most districts you know, you're only going to have one or two non-district games. So everybody will have played each other, played this similar kind of teams. Mm-hmm. You're not going to argue about schedule um, unfairness and who who played who week and whatnot. The good teams are going to rise to the top. And if you're a mediocre team that just falls out, you didn't do enough to prove it. So it's just like normal times. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm good with everything I see here. I, I like how they're just not on top of each other as much as, Honestly, they are normally Um, six football games seems about what we were talking about before. 14 basketball games seems close to what we were rumored to having Uh, baseball, I think, only has like 12. I would be surprised if they don't try to sneak some more in there. Soccer, Um, I think, was 10. Yeah, it's going to work out and it'll be fine and we'll all survive as long as the kids get to play is kind of where I'm at. Give me some ideas. People, anybody freaking out about this, just calm down. Because yeah, it's way too early to freak out. Yeah, right now you should finalized. be freaking out if this doesn't happen. That's what yeah. you should be freaking out. The yeah. possibility be that this doesn't. You happen. have this idea out yeah. there, and not we have no idea how to do this. Let's get out, or <laughs> we're not even close to thinking about playing. We're not going to even worry about what the schedule looked like. Be happy that they're optimistic that we're going to get this in. So I, I'm good with kind of everything, and and I'll retweet it from our Twitter so people can kind of catch all the details because I don't I don't want to fly through all that, but. I, I don't know. I look at football and basketball first because those are the two sports that we cover on radio. And honestly, that's the two high school sports we talk about most on here. And uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing as knowing that it's different than usual. Well, and way too early preview, I guess, um, for teams that would be worried about being, a you know, a limited playoff field and, you know, football or whatever. Um Basketball, it would appear basketball, it would appear in some of these other sports where, you know, two teams from each region go, that's not happening. So you'll have to win the region to get into the state tournament. And that's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'm totally fine with that. Um, for football, we don't need six local teams going to the state playoffs. Yeah. For football, (laughs) for football, I'll say this Riverheads need not be worried. They're going to be in the top four of that region. Even if they go, zero and six, they could probably still be in the top four of that region. Um, (laughs) Stewart's draft is probably going to be fine. They would not have earned it that way. <laughs> they wouldn't have earned it, but that region, no one is earning playoff spots in in that region outside of Riverheads the past few years. So, you know, whatever. Um, Stewart's draft, I yeah, would I mean, imagine, gets Stonewall, in. Or 0-9 Stonewall did make the playoffs like two years ago. So. Alta Vista's been 3-7 and seven the last three years. So, yeah, they've definitely oh. earned it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Stewart's draft will make it. I, I think no problem in uh 2B and then I don't I don't think you'll see a class 3 team get in from the Shenandoah district this year um but uh I Yeah, I do think Fort was going to be missing a lot this year. I, I mean Buffalo I, Gap will be a fringe. We'll yeah, closer. Buffalo Gap will be a fringe team. Um Lee, uh Stanton is still in 2B for one more year. They they might be a fringe team depending on what they bring back and what they have. Uh so uh, we'll see when that when the season comes around and gets closer, we'll look at that and and dive into that a little more, but I'd say draft and Riverheads definitely are the two teams that probably need not be worried about a limiting number of playoff teams. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, and it's easy to say that, you know, three, four months ahead of 
any of this. Well, but, with Riverheads, um, I'll keep saying it. And I, I yeah, really would yeah. be shocked if some if Stewart's draft takes a giant step backwards. I don't think they're going to be state championship good just based on what they lost defensively, but they're still going to be a really good football team. And I wouldn't be shocked if they made it to a state semifinal. We'll see as we get closer, but I will retweet that for everybody to see the details. So let's jump into what really caught Twitter on fire today, more than just from Joe or I. Uh, the RCBL is playing some finals, uh, final series. I don't know what the I guess, championship series games, Broadway's hosted games are being played at JMU. And uh, just to set it up, because I'm, I'm going to let Joe go from here, they tweeted out a picture early in the day of man, look at this, you know, big crowd out here supporting all the kids playing or supporting all the players. And yeah, there was a packed crowd out there, which kind of flies in the face of what we were hearing in the preseason of what RCBL was plans to do this year was um, we can get, we will skip way past the, a needless chest bumping and, and near fight after the game uh, last night for their championship series. But the stands are full Joe and JMU students kind of recognized that pretty quickly, and uh, they took to Twitter. Yeah, they sure did. And we saw an initial response from Broadway, which is different than the response they've had tonight, uh, right before we came on, I noticed. Someone probably got relieved of handling the Twitter there at Broadway. Um, but, yeah, um, and really, this is the hilarious part, folks. Um Leland and I like to call each other out when we're wrong, but I believe we both had this, so neither one of us are going to pat each other on the back unless I do it right now, probably. I believe we called this when we said the RCBL and social distancing and safe practices don't really go together because they don't really care and they're not going to enforce it. Uh, I, the RCBL can say, look, the whole season we've been practicing social distancing. Let, let me just say, opening night at Stewart's Draft, that's not true. Th those pictures Monday night, that's not true. Now, I didn't go to the other games because after opening night, I did that as a favor. Uh, to cover the game for the radio station. Uh, and after that, I didn't want to color cover any more games. I don't like the RCBL in general. I'm sure as heck not going to watch it in a pandemic when it's not safe to be there because no one's socially distancing. So the RCBL can put out whatever statement they want. The fact is they got caught. And they got caught because their own team was dumb enough to tweet out a jam-packed crowd at JMU. And there were three masks in between the two pictures that I counted, I counted three masks with people right next to each other. And you look at the comments, there's not a lot of people defending it, but the ones who are are employed by the RCBL, which kind of tells you everything you need to know again about the RCBL's official stance. That The official stance is going to be, oh, we're definitely going to, you know, next time, uh, we're definitely going to be enforcing this better for the rest of the championship series. Unofficially, the RCBL doesn't care. They're just mad that they got caught. That's if you want to know how the RCBL really feels, that's how they really feel. Because you're reading comments about the first stance from Broadway, which I don't remember the exact tweet, but it went something along the lines of, we've been playing for two months now, and we haven't had any major outbreaks, and no one's died, and uh, maybe people are just not scared anymore. That's the real stance from the RCBL right there. Now, they deleted it, again, because that person's been relieved of their duty because that's not a good look in the public. And someone from JMU probably also said, hey, if you want to keep playing, uh, take that down. And I'll get to my you know, seem somewhat weekly JMU rant here in a minute. But to focus on the RCBL, 
this is the reason Leland and I said at the beginning of this, we didn't really feel comfortable with them moving ahead because we knew they weren't going to enforce it. What you're reading in the comments is, well, we posted the guidelines and we can't force people to do something they don't want to do. Yeah, you do. It's called shutting it down and kicking them out. If you want to play the games, play the games. But if they the fans out, out west somewhere, there was a high school football game going on. The AD yeah. said, get away from each other. And they didn't shut the game down. Yeah. So, so that's what you do. You play the games if you want. That's fine. But what you do is you look at the fans and say, you're not allowed anymore because you didn't follow the rules. Goodbye. That's what you do. Now, the reason they don't do that is because of green, dollars and cents. That's why they don't do it. It's the same reason JMU's not kicking the RCBL out. Because if JMU had any morality and a sense of right and wrong, they would have kicked them out of that stadium the second those photos surfaced. But instead, you're going to hear Kevin Warner say things like, oh, well, obviously... They weren't following it from the photos, so uh, we've told them that needs to be corrected. Oh, thanks, Kevin Warner. Meanwhile, you get to keep taking that what's money from done? the gate, right? That's what matters. Just, like, what's done just like the students who you're going to warn and then kick off campus when that inevitably fails, you've already gotten their tuition money, so whatever. As long as the check cash is right, JMU, hashtag be the change. Folks, don't, let me come out with a hard truth here. Listen up, kids. Colleges, all they care about is your money. They don't care about you. They don't care about your goals. They care about your money. The second you stop having money is the second they stop caring about you. The second you leave JMU or whatever college, this isn't just JMU, but any college, you know what the first thing they do is? Ask you for more money. They don't care about you or your goals. They care about your cash, your money, and that's it. JMU is disgusting. They're not even trying to hide it is the worst part. Because, again... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The thing you just said, though, doesn't only apply to JMU. That's what I said. I said that. You missed that sentence. I said this doesn't just apply to JMU. It's colleges in general. But what's disgusting about this is JMU sends this strongly worded email and letter to students saying, we will warn you and then you will be kicked off campus if you don't follow these social distancing guidelines. Meanwhile, on JMU's campus... There's a baseball game going on with jam-packed crowd. And, hey, spoiler alert, Kevin Warner, this isn't the first time. It's just the first time one of their own teams was dumb enough to tweet out the pictures. It's just the first time someone at JMU, students probably, caught on to it and said, hey, this this doesn't look right, and put it on social media, and then it got put on blast. I refuse to to believe this is the first time it's happened. Just nobody's called them out on it, which I believe you'll remember me saying people need to be held accountable. And that's why we have important journalists that need to be holding people accountable. I don't believe this is the first RCBL game this has happened because, again, I'll tell you right now. And I said it after I covered the game in Stewart's draft opening night. No social distancing going on. My bet is, more games than not, there was no social distancing going on at these RCBL games. In fact, I'd be surprised if it took you two hands to count the number of RCBL games league-wide where social distancing happened. So I don't want to hear it from the RCBL that we take this very seriously. I don't want to hear it from Broadway that we take this very seriously, and you hear us. Because if you heard us, you wouldn't have come out with that stupid take you did earlier today of maybe people just aren't scared anymore. It's so, so stupid. It's ridiculous, and it's tone deaf. I'm not stupid. Don't insult my intelligence. Just come out and say you don't think this is a big deal. 
Oh, you're not going to say that because then JMU's going to have their hand forced. And JMU doesn't want to have their hand forced because JMU wants to cash that check. You know, I was encouraged in a lot of moments this year. Early in the season, I think Stewart's draft had somebody who close to him had tested positive, and so they were testing the player, and they called off a game. So I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. Um, There's no way that was the only time someone close to any player on any team got tested this time. I mean, It's I just mean, the only all, time somebody told somebody. Gotten tested. And, and people, listeners, y'all know people that were tested. There's no way throughout this whole league that was the only time someone was one degree of separation away from someone getting it's tested. just the only time they said something. Second uh, loss, a lot of our uh, – he's our guest coming up. He – tweeted out and text or Facebook messaged out or however he posted. I'm, I sound old every time I say stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, he said no concessions. And it sounded like people were sitting out at the fence and stuff. I was encouraged by like that kind of, you know, things aren't normal. The, the watching the games is normal. But I got to be honest, even in the games that I saw lost playing in, it seemed like there was video footage of a lot of people sitting at the games and unless people are coming 30 deep, you know, unless like the whole family's coming, you know, the whole Thanksgiving family's coming sitting together because they're already in the same little community. Uh, yeah, I don't it didn't look like social distancing was being being held. So and I guess I'm just disgusted by I'm disgusted by a certain article I saw this evening. <gasps> Gasp. They weren't social distancing at the RCBL final. Oh, heavens. I can't believe it. Well, I don't know. You've allegedly had people at these games. Yeah. <laughs> Were they, did they have blinders on? Could they only literally see the field? I guess that's what happened. I don't know. People were covering that game and it took until Broadway posted a picture before someone said something. About yeah. It. And because people not working for the people covering the RCBL said something. Yeah. Again, this is why you can't trust people, folks. You can't trust people to police themselves because they've proven they can't handle it. And the one person who was defending the RCBL and definitely works for the RCBL because his entire Twitter feed is retweets of RCBL material. Changed his profile picture from a JMU profile picture. I don't know if he's affiliated with JMU at all. I mean, again, given his rhetoric, it makes me think it's possible. But changed it to a profile picture that says, uh, if you're scared, stay home. And here's the problem with that. Um, people who are doing the right thing can still get sick when people like him are doing the wrong thing and people that were at that RCBL game are doing the wrong thing because then it spreads because that's how viruses work. It doesn't say, oh, wait, this guy's following the rules. We won't bother him. It spreads because people have to do things like go to the grocery store to get food. They have to get gas if they're working and they have to travel. So your plan of just stay home because some of us have real work to do, uh, no, wrong. Sports, well, baseball ain't real sports work. is not, yes, yeah, baseball is not real work. Sports is not essential. Sports is entertainment. It's not essential in any shape, way, or form. I mean, it's just the point of, like, why the VBL got out of the way. Yeah, because I mean, the VBL why, like, is run by people who have a conscience. Like, hey, yes, there's no way we can control this. We need to get out of the way. We need to be good members of the community to not create these situations where people will be eager not eager, but willing to make wrong choices or like, man, this play, there's more people here than I thought. We'll just have to sit next to these people. And like you talk about going to the grocery store, you can do very minimal things to really protect yourself better. In those cases, a lot of the grocery stores, a lot of the stores are now, you know, they require the masks. Um, they, they have sanitizer right there. So you can go in there and get out and you're not have a long exposure. This ain't a three hour grocery store trip. 
it's a three-hour baseball game where you're sitting next to the stranger that's right behind you, and at any time he has a silent sneeze or a soft cough, and or you just don't even pay attention to if he coughs all over you. It's just that's why they're going to limit fans at VHSL games when we finally do get back to this. Yes, and again, I mean, it's it's about just that in the VHSL today was limiting the fans. It, it's just mind-numbingly stupid, and it goes down to this thing of people who talk about you know wanting to be. Uh, having, you know, uh, this is the right thing to do and this is what's moral and this is why our country's not good is because we lose morals and blah, blah, blah. And they talk about that one day a week and then they go the rest of their life doing the opposite. Because let me tell you, folks, if you're not wearing a mask, don't tell me about morals. Don't tell me about, you know, the fabric and the decency of what's right and what's wrong in this country. Because I don't want to hear it. Because you're taking a me versus a we strategy. And if you're doing me versus we on this, then I'm sorry, you're not a part of anything that resembles a community or society. I think the most disappointing about this was the lack of <laughs> brain use to post it initially. And then the immediate, as soon as someone called it out, it immediate pump your chest up and talk crap. I, that was what upset me the most. Um, that it was just, man, I mean, aren't we all supposed to be trying our best? And that's just the opposite. And, and so it's just disheartening. I don't care where you stand on every detail of this, but you just can't be abrasively mean about it and just, you know, walk tall and, and nothing's too good. Like, that's just the wrong approach. Like, just, you don't know what people are, you know, people are scared of this thing because people have conditions where if they get this virus, that's going to hurt them a lot worse. You have no idea who those people are. So don't, you just can't be like that. And, it, and it's just, that's why it's just, it's just disappointing to see in our community. And, and there's, I mean, there is so many examples across the board of people being disappointing. I, I just can't get past that word. Just disappointing. And this is just another one. And I don't know. I just, I, I can't say I've been perfect to the T myself since March. There's a time where I jump out of the car and I forgot my mask and nearly get up to the store and, Oh, I got to run back and get it. Or, or this or that, things happen. I mean, photo will surface of Leland without a mask. But my attitude isn't, well, I'm just, you know, better than you, and I'm, I'm not some sheep, or I'm not scared. I like, I don't know. I it just, I like, to, I like to protect myself and my family. So I, I don't know how what, what else to say about it. And I think, okay, fine. You want to protect your family? Don't go to the game. But like, if you just expose yourself at that baseball game and then I'm in the grocery store with you, you have a better chance of already being infected. Like, that's not helpful. The RCBL should have got out of the way. And and maybe we're lucky there wasn't some big outbreak in the season. Uh, okay. Maybe, that we know maybe, of. Maybe we don't know every little detail of who, who got sick or who might have had it and took two weeks. Like, it's not like every little aspect of that league Maybe if exposed. there's an outbreak of heart conditions later uh, in a few uh, years that we discover, maybe the then thing. we'll we know. We just don't know everything about this we don't know anything oh, about which, this and we're just throwing caution to the wind with every little thing just so we can watch some boys go out there and play sports you know what we survived this spring without watching sports we can survive the fall i know it's going to stink without football but we're not going to have some football already i don't think we should force these college kids out here to play college sports either if the pros want to do it then write it into their contract but we just need to lay off. We don't know what's going on here. We got kids at Northwestern or whatever school it was who are now have a heart condition because of being tested positive big from 10 COVID. Schools, yeah. And what the does what that did for? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing to these kids? 
Oh, and well, then, yeah, Leland. I get the argument. They're old enough to make the decision on their own. Uh, there's a lot of pressure behind those decisions for these college athletes. They're fighting every single play in practice to, to get themselves time on the field for them an opportunity to be on the field on Saturday. And now you're saying, well, they're, they're big enough to make a decision on their own. Well, they sit out this year. Hey guys, I'm just, and that's fine. Okay. You go sit, but next year, here comes more recruits. And, and this kid is anxious to be out here on this field. And I remember that kid last year, where was, I don't even remember seeing him last year. Let's just cut him. Like, that's what they're scared of. And whether that's right or wrong or can happen or can happen, that's what the scared kids are scared of. They have that pressure. We're not talking about Justin Fields or um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Those guys are going to play. But we're talking about 90% of that roster that has no guarantees in life, and they think every single play is a make-or-break situation for them. And we have this pressure on them to play, to get out there no matter what, or they're going to lose their spot because we've already trained them that way. Whether it's right or wrong, we've already trained them that way. I think it's right. I don't I don't see how it's not accurate. But that's what's up. So we keep putting these people in that situation. I think RCBL is different because at least you do have some grown adults out there, but you still got you still got younger people that Again, if they wanted to play the games, if they wanted to play the games, as much as I would have thought that was a bad idea, okay. But then you don't let the fans in because the fans aren't socially distancing. Just limit the amount of people that they're doing at the highest levels. The NBA playoffs are happening without fans. You can do this for some baseball games in the county. Yeah, they don't want to, though, because that's how are they going to get money? Close the stands and then then they can only sit on their trucks in the outfield. OK, I'm not I'm probably not arguing with that. Yeah, because you're not in your stadium, but, but just they can't make the money way. then just get out of the way. Yeah, but then they can't make money. And that's what this is all about, folks. Again, it's not about what's right or what's wrong. It's about money. So don't ever be fooled. It's it's about money. The RCBL has showed you all they care about is money. It's not about what's right and wrong. So don't ever let them tell you what's right and wrong in life. Don't ever let the commissioner of the RCBL tell you what's right and wrong on anything because he's about money right here. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about with the RCBL. And let me tell you, with the heart condition thing, Leland, my favorite thing is, well, maybe they had that heart condition before. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I tell you what. DuPont has more credibility than those people because DuPont could have, and maybe maybe this, the people in charge of DuPont are looking back at this whole thing where they're paying Waynesboro a bunch of money for dumping mercury in the river going, geez, we're really dumb. We should have just said, well, you know what? The fish probably had mercury in them before we dumped all that mercury in the river anyway. So who's to say that that was, they didn't already have mercury and you were going to get mercury poisoning from eating it. Who's to say we're to blame? If I was DuPont, I'd stop paying now. Because who cares, right? That's what this community has shown. They don't care. Just a real quick point to this. To any to anybody listening that thinks, well, these guys are just political and this is where they're at on this. And this, I, I just take a step back and try to look at this outside of a political scope because that's where I'm viewing it. I don't think this is, I don't think nearly any of this is a political issue. It's just being a civilized citizen <laughs> of this community. Again, it's we, not how me. To be a decent person. Like just take a step back, look at the situation without trying to dump in politics or who's what or who votes for who. Just think about it as in being what's right for my neighbor. Love thy neighbor is a familiar phrase out there. So let's just think about that. Again, we before me. Look, Leland and I don't like wearing masks everywhere we go. We don't like not getting together and watching sports. But we don't do it because that's not safe. And if I was asymptomatic and I went to Leland's house and spread it and somebody in his family got sick, I would feel horrible about that. That's we before me. 
I go, I go to work every day in an office. I wear a mask when I go out in public because I don't want to get somebody there sick and possibly make them, make them sick or kill them. That's we before me. I don't like wearing a mask every time I go in the grocery store or having to wear a mask every time I talk to somebody in the drive-thru. I'm a single dude. I go through the drive-thru a lot, okay? So I don't like having <laughs> to wear that thing all the time when I'm trying to talk to them. But I do because I don't want to get it and I don't want to spread it. I don't want to spread it to the person I don't know at the drive-thru. They make a good chicken sandwich. You don't want to get them sick. I just, oh, my gosh. Again, <laughs> we before me, folks. That's, that's as simple as I can make it. If you're worried about me before we, then you're not a part of the society. You want to watch a team sport, then do your team effort right now. Yeah, well, that goes against the narrative. All right, Leland, well, let's move on to Major League Baseball. And in the pros, the Orioles, not great. Um, Back to earth. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, Good news, I think it's only like two games. Or no, um, we're actually tied for the last playoff spot. But I think Toronto won today, so I think now we're a half game out of that last playoff spot. So despite the garbage week we had, which included getting swept by the Blue Jays, uh, we ended up splitting the back half. uh, We ended up splitting the series by winning the two games against Boston on the back half, um, which I texted you Sunday and just kind of told you, like, hopes and dreams on the line today. Because we lose that series, I'm going to be pretty bleak. But we won... We won that series. I don't feel great about where we are, but I still have a little bit of hope knowing as bad as we did, we're still only a half game out. And that's good. And that's fine. I I thought you needed to have a better week last week overall. And I, and I don't think you're saying different to really be very positive about the playoff hunt, because I think you're going to face tougher teams. You got Tampa Bay who leads that division this week. And then you got Toronto again, the team that just swept you. So I think you could very easily have a bad week and that'll that'll make these two weeks look bad if you have a bad week this week. So I I just think you needed to get a couple more wins. You know, you get three or four against Boston. You don't get swept by Toronto. It's a much different week. I mean, two more wins is a lot different of a week. And uh, so I'm not as hopeful for you. But I like I said last week, I'm trying to cheer for the Orioles. The less you talk about the umpiring and specifically what they do to you as the Oriole, uh, the better, because I really can't stand when you say stuff like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, hopefully they can, I, I like them being in a mix because, it, you know, the pirates aren't going to be there. So that's, <laughs> they're the worst team in major league baseball, but the Nats, you know, aren't doing any, I mean, you guys are doing better than the Nats. Um, you swept them the other week in that split up series. And now they're 11 and 14 and fourth in the NL East and four back of Atlanta, and they got Philadelphia and Boston this week. So this is a week where they got to make hay. You got Philadelphia, who's not super, and then you got Boston, who, I mean, just, you know, split with the Orioles. They must be pretty bad. So the Nats have to get some wins this week if they're going to kind of get going here. We said last week, you know, hey, in late May, Oriole, the Nats were kind of sitting in a spot where then they made a run. That run's got to start soon if the Nats really want to get into the mix. I don't see it happening. With Strasburg gone, with all the lineup, differences that they have some of the guys they have batting prominently in that order i just i don't see it happening for the nats this year i think it's it's a shame but they hey you still won it last year so i'm not gonna drill them it's just i i I don't think the repeat's coming and i i think we can kind of start putting that on the wall yeah um 
I want to go back to your Orioles points for a second. Um, oh, yeah, goodness. I'm trying not, to move us along. Listeners I know you are, but it's too late. I'm not just trying to talk about Orioles all It's day, too late. Well, but it's the only team that matters. So um, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, two counterpoints I would make. The Orioles have been, for whatever reason, much better on the road than they have been at home, which gives me a little bit of hope. The last time we played the Rays, uh, that's actually the only team we did do well against at home. Fair enough. Um, and Anthony Santander... Uh, Got passed today, I believe, by Jose Abreu for the RBI lead in the AL. But before that, he was the AL leader in RBIs. And you take the the misfit toys that is the top four in production for the Orioles offense, and you compare it to the top four from the LA Dodgers, who are, you know, all league players. And it's actually slightly better, or at least it was before this weekend. So, um, yeah, it, the Orioles have been up and down. We'll see what happens. It's going to come down to the offense can't go cold at the same time. It's going to come down to players who have gone into a slump, getting out of that slump and not swinging at bad pitches. Um, But we'll see. I'm not going to be a Yankees fan and say, oh, woe is me with the injuries um, because that's baseball. Um, I I feel really terrible for the Yankees and their $1 billion roster. But kids, I said it again. I don't watch satanic rituals on TV unless they're playing the Orioles because that's the team I love and just – this is a lesson, kids. This is what happens when you play games with the devil. Uh, they take your best. Uh, Aaron Judge, gone. Giancarlo, gone. Zach Britton, gone. Somebody else has gone, too. I'm missing. Um, I think Gary Sanchez is hurt, but that's no big loss because he's stunk. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe Glaber Torres is hurt. I can't remember. They've lost somebody else, and Yankee fans are like, this always happens to us. Baseball's unfair. Get over it, you jerks. Uh, but yeah, the Every Nats... Every sport has injuries, so I don't... Yeah, it's not just a baseball thing. The Nats not being very good is amusing, and the Pirates... Yeah, we don't oof. even talk about the Pirates. I, I just threw it in there. Uh, who I do want to talk about, though, is... I'm not saying I'm a fan. I just am interested in what they're doing, and I also said this before the season started, so I, I do hold a little bit of value to this. The uh, <laughs> Slam Diego out there... The Padres they're doing really are doing good. things. They're, they're doing fun really to watch. Good. They play with a, like a little bit of attitude. They've hit six grand slams in August. That includes last week where they hit four days in a row where they had grand slams, five and six days. One of those grand slams was controversial, and all it did it just make oh. the managers look bad because everybody else on Twitter and in and, and the sports world was just like, let the boys play. I, I don't even want to go back to it because it just doesn't – I don't care. If you're, if you're up – if you're down by a lot and you throw someone three and O count and then you throw one right down the middle, get ready to go chase the ball over the fence, you know, make sure the dog doesn't eat it like in the sand lot yeah. and still play baseball after that. Because if you're going to throw it, if you don't want them to hit the ball over the fence, don't give them the pitch. So I I'm past that issue and the Padres are fun to watch and I'm happy for it. Yeah, they have been fun to watch the few games that I've gotten to see them play. Uh, and it's been very few just because, they come on at 10 on the MLB network some nights, some uh, nights, they're, but they're then you also games, have, yeah. you know, you can't put it on Sunday night baseball because then what do you do with the Yankees and Red Sox? So I get the, the Yankees and Red Sox, yeah. yeah, I get the conundrum there of, you know, <laughs> good baseball versus slaughter. Which one do we show? Um, but I'm looking forward. I think some Padres Dodger series down the stretch are going to be, that's, on the, that's on hopefully, that's be hopefully, because that's going to yeah. be good baseball. Um, and it looks like you were right. I, I was doubting the Padres, but they are, hitting the pee out of the ball and 
Uh, I All also I will say this. Yeah. So, like, I really feel like I'm going to be right. I, I might just, I'm starting I might to think it's going to be hard for you to be wrong. It's going to take a yeah. big time collapse. Yep. Um, but I will say this. Um, I, I really thought it was hilarious coming from the Texas Rangers about the unwritten rule saying you can't run up the score on someone. Uh, as an Orioles fan, I vividly remember when I was in college, the Texas Rangers beating us 30 to 3. So the next time the Rangers want to talk about unwritten rules of baseball and running up the score, bad sportsmanship, uh, maybe it just doesn't come from the Rangers. I love how they swept the state of Texas. That was awesome. Yeah. In a week. I mean, that's just a schedule. Like, I mean, you have to have the right schedule to do that in one week, but I love that they did it. It's I, And I know Machado's out there, and we don't love Machado. I get that. But it's a fun team to watch, and Tatis – Junior is just really fun. A lot of those guys. I mean, you I don't just, have a problem with. They have him. a little bit of the swagger, but not too much. You know, it's not, it's not abrasive. It's good. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Manny's swagger or anything. I just have a problem when he like tries to. He just does things that don't help him. Like he swing, his backswing is a little too wide and seems to catch the catcher mm-hmm. a little too often, and. He slides into bags and tries to step on people at first base, and that's the problem I have. Uh, yeah, I'd like him to stay out of that mess. Yeah. And I hope they can cash in something here in the next four or five years with this group. Um, try, you know, Keep as many of the guys there as you can for the next five, six years, but try to cash something in the next five years. You'll still be paying Machado four years past that, but <laughs> try to do something here while he's still in his prime. So let's move on to a topic that I'm um, noticing your note is changing your tune a little say, bit. Yeah. No, I didn't change my tune. No, I but you see... I was on an island. Yeah, no, I know. Because initially when this came up, it was, wow, you are so wrong on this. Oh my yeah, gosh, no realize. one else feels this way. I didn't realize. I didn't realize everybody hates weekday Yeah, day Everyone hates not being able to watch the game of their team. Who knew? I guess I've just, like, I've never been a person that can watch 162. So... Some of them happening during the day really doesn't bother me. I kind of like when sports are happening during the day. Now, I'm not saying I want all my sports happening during the day, but I like, you know, when the Masters start on Thursday and Friday, I'm kind of checking in at work and what's going on there. Or, oh, maybe I slip out of work early and go watch this. I remember coming home in college and and uh, getting out of class and watching sports in the afternoon. I liked, I liked that feeling. So even still as a working man, even if I can't come home early, I don't mind that out there. Also, Day games in the middle on Thursdays, especially, are a necessity for baseball, especially those Monday ones if they're finishing up a four-game stretch from over the weekend. They're getting out of town games. you got to play early so you can travel that evening and play somewhere the next night. So they're a necessity. So, like, I guess I've just always accepted that they have to happen, and I just didn't realize, like, everybody else hates them. I, I guess I want my team to travel not in the middle of the night and play the next night. I guess I'm good with them you know, using the schedule to a, to help themselves. And I like my opportunities to watch a little baseball right when I get home from work, whether I get home early or not. I, I like day games. I like day games during the week just fine. I don't want all of them to be that way. I don't want to be the 80, 19 set, you know, before the 1988 uh, Chicago Cubs. I don't want every single game to be during the day uh, home for them. But I don't know. I, I don't mind it even still. I don't like this. This hasn't like reinforced I'm right. I just... I still, it doesn't change my mind. I like it. I get that other people don't. Okay. But I like day games during the week. I don't mind it. I like sports during the day. It's such a great idea. Some of it. It's such a great idea that no other professional team sport does it. That's how great of an idea it is. And NBA has been doing it for the last two weeks 
our last. Well, that's on the playoffs, and that's because of the pandemic. No, that's the, the only reason. It's pandemic related, but they've they've survived. Yeah, okay, well, that's uh, only because of the pandemic. Major League Baseball does it all the time. That's my problem with Major League Baseball doing it. If it was just this year, and they said, "Look, pandemic, we got to do whatever," I would still think that's yeah, odd yeah, since you're not true. doing it in a bubble. But yeah. it's golf dumb. does it. Golf does it. They put their majors on during the day. Well, that's the because week. the only people that are going to be watching golf are retired. <laughs> well, it's baseball, buddy. Yeah, okay. Baseball is telling me about the demographic <laughs> problem they have. That's how you keep the demographic problem. Gosh, why aren't young people tuning in? Uh, because you're playing your games during the day. But it's you stupid only idiots. some of the games. It's not all the games. Like, there's teams that easily go two weeks without playing a day week game. Like, I wish uh, we never played a day game. I wish the Orioles never played a day game so during the week. Wish you wish you would just play the night game on Thursday and then have to travel down to Florida and then play the next night yes i don't wow i wonder why people don't just tell their boss hey boss sorry uh i gotta check out early today so i can fly down uh and get ready for work tomorrow i gotta fly in you know i don't know a hundred percent i think that happens at work all the time all the time people travel during the day so they're not like traveling at eight o'clock at night or later 11 o'clock at night because baseball they wouldn't even get to start traveling until after 11 they'd be traveling good they're on private jets what a that must be really hard i, I can only imagine how hard jobs, it is I actually your analogy here i think is only makes this thing worse is i think all the time people travel oh you have to be in florida for a meeting tomorrow well you better you know get out of here you know what time's your flight it's a five yeah yeah but that's not a private jet if a company had a private jet they'd tell you suck it up buttercup you're finishing the day and then you're gonna get on that private jet and fly out it's a time issue there for this their mlb has private jets it must be really hard I don't know. I've never been on a private jet, but I'm sure it's I, super hard. There's no hard. way I could sleep. After I, being I crammed in a sardine can of coach every time I get on a plane, I'm sure getting on a private jet is so hard. That must be just unbearable. Oh, my heart goes out to him. I can't sleep while I travel, so I, I imagine there's probably some people like that. I don't think I don't think there's any chance. I... I, I, I <laughs> These guys traveling in the evening rather than overnight flying the red eye and then trying to play a game that night, they're better off. That's why they have it in place. So, like, I, I think you're you're a little bit on the wrong stance here. I get you want to watch your games, and that's fine. I guess I know I'm not going to watch every single game. I know there's no chance of that happening. So I've never, but I've never, even in college when I had better chance, I was good with it. Like, they happen, I'll watch another game. I... Also, the, that whole excuse really doesn't make sense this year because you're not traveling that far. All the games are within the division and Those the opposite thing. There's no... Those West Coast teams are traveling from Seattle to Houston. and Okay, well, the AL East and the NL East aren't. We're all in the same time zone. You're still going down to Florida. And? I mean, that's three-hour, four-hour flight. Good. All right. They don't play until seven the next night. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying I'm okay with it, but I don't think anything you've presented has helped this <laughs> this discussion. I think except that like, no other professional league does it because it's a really dumb idea to play your games in the week. Sixty-two games. Who else plays day after day after day after day after day? It's such a good idea. The NBA has talked about no, after the pandemic do doing you know, it. The NBA that plays two or three games a week. Do they do they play seven straight days? Well, if it's such a good idea to just play day games, I mean, Leland, what if they have to travel the next week? I mean, 
maybe they should be thinking of the athletes and all the wear and tear that's going to happen. I mean, the NBA is on back-to-backs where like a team does have to travel. It's usually in that Northeast corridor and they happen like a couple times a season. If that it's gotta be unbearable for them. I can't believe they make them play back-to-back nights. They don't play, they don't let them play during the day. I can't believe they don't let them play the first game at like, they don't play two four hour in the games 162 times. I mean, could you imagine how much more rested LeBron would be if he played his games at two o'clock in the day? LeBron takes two weeks off in January. He could play. He could play his games at two. Then he all be so the much NBA more is doing this right now. That's actually what are you talking about? Everybody's talking about uh, the time. The, what the Spurs do, and everybody. Um, I forget the phrase they throw at it, but everybody's like, Load you know, taking the Sunday game off because they played Friday night. They don't want to play on Sunday. Baseball does that for... too, but yeah, not as often as the NBA players. Usually but... after they have some kind of like hard travel night after they have a overnight game, you know, no, it's usually catchers not catching a night versus a day game because they'll catch Saturday night. So they won't catch Sunday. I don't think you've done well to advance your argument, but that's fine. I think I'm right. I I think people are going to be like, yeah, I actually do like watching when I love baseball. I actually do like being able to watch my team versus not being able to watch them because they decided in their infinite wisdom to schedule a game when no one's going to be watching. It doesn't bother me to be like at work. And like when I do like click over, you know, for a second or look at my phone, Oh, they're playing awesome. What's the score? Okay, cool. Like that doesn't bother me. I don't have to see every minute. These aren't trees falling in the forest. These I'm allowing yeah, it to no, happen. Trees falling in the forest. No one's there to see it. No one's there to hear it. Well, if Joe's not there to see it, the Orioles can't lose, I guess. No, we lost that one game. I had to listen to it on the radio. It was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> Let's talk about the NBA. Who's playing some games during the day. And uh, the East is getting getting shaken out here. Boston swept the 76ers. 76ers fired their coach. Raptors swept the Nets. Heat swept the Pacers. And uh, and then just real quick, the Bucks are up 3-1 on the Magic. But going back to those Heat, they are one of the four best teams in the East. So, Joe, you're officially right. They were a solid team. This they, Anything can happen from here. It doesn't matter. You were right. Heat, Heat were better than expected this year. Way to get it right. If they were playing anybody but Milwaukee, I would feel confident in them getting to the next round, too. Unfortunately, I think the Eastern Conference Finals is that matchup. Yeah, it is. And I said a little bit wrong. I, I remember distinctly when they were reorganizing the playoffs the last time that the um, Players Union was really pushing for the reseeding of the playoffs. Apparently, that didn't go in, and I had just missed that. Um, it does in the NHL, which I didn't realize it did in the NHL either, but apparently it does in the NHL. Yeah, so it's just my bad there. It is a bracketed playoff. It was very much talked about like around 2014. Uh, but so it was my bad on the info last week. It does not get reseeded. They stay in the bracket. So it definitely is Heat Bucks. Um, I don't know if the I mean if the Magic can pull one more game off against the Heat, that can help or against the Bucks, uh, that could help your Heat kind of get a a little bit more beat up Milwaukee team. So that that's something to look for. Yeah, they won't. I mean, the Magic are bad. <laughs> I can't believe the Magic won a game, so they're yeah. it's over. The East is know. done. The West is where it's interesting, though. I don't know if the East is done because I I'm interested to see if it's the Bucks or the Raptors. I think oh Raptors yeah, yeah. I'm shot. saying the first yeah. round is over. The, we yeah, know yeah, who's going and in also, the East. This Raptors Boston series is for real too because Boston looked really good there, so and and surprisingly good. So <sighs> the Sixers are, I don't know. What? Can I just say the the three? The teams that are going to lose here, the four Pacers, the seven Nets, and the six Sixers, and the eight Magic, were all outclassed by far. The, all yeah. of those teams far yeah, inferior to the teams they played. And, yeah. And a, and a 4-1 because Milwaukee forgot the playoffs started. Yeah. 
I what I felt really interesting out of the East, and you might not have seen the story because I know you just don't pay as much attention to the NBA. The Nets announced today, or there's word out of the Nets that they're really interested in having Greg Popovich be their their head basketball coach. And it's just well, like, isn't who he is the it? coach of the Spurs? Who, yeah, yeah. Who who isn't interested in that? Like, I tried to go through these teams. Like, who isn't interested? Like, if 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 he's really available, like who's who's not gonna be like, yeah, we like our guy, but you come on in. I mean, there's limited teams. I mean, maybe Boston because they like they like Brad Stevens. Uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Raptors coach just won him a championship last year, but I'm not so sure that they would turn Popovich away. Uh, Popovich hasn't have, really coached like he's coached good he teams. Taken. He's won championships, but he hasn't coached like a a a superstar. I like Tim Duncan was really good. He's a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. Tim Duncan, I think it counts as a superstar. Well, OK, but it's not. One, but yeah. Not, but OK, well, I guess that's what I should say. He hasn't coached like. A he's guy who's timer. out there and is constantly out there in the media. Tim Duncan was not. Tim Duncan was very quiet I team guy. That. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not that. I, I don't think but Greg don't Popovich think, is like, interested he in the Nets. That environment to no, be that way? Like, no, I don't think Greg Popovich is interested in the Nets at all. No, I'm saying, don't you think Popovich kept the Spurs from being a more Maybe. Uh, public That team. Kawhi thing didn't go down well with him. Yeah, that's true. That didn't work at all. Yeah, I don't see him going to the Nets. I and and I I think it I just reinforce my point that there's maybe a handful of teams in the NBA I don't that think, wouldn't drop what they're doing to have Popovich go come coach them. I I think Popovich retires before he coaches another team. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't just stay down there. He has a good thing going. He can coach there another four or five years and get out. I would say what this year was the first year he didn't go to the playoffs or something crazy like that. Yeah, he's had a great team for twenty years or fifteen years or whatever. Yeah. I mean, twenty years I think it was. I mean. Yeah, he doesn't need to go prove anything else. What do you, I don't know. Man, right, I hope the, the Mavericks West, beat the Clippers, even though I picked the Clippers to win it all. Yeah, it would be interest, very interesting. But that said, and we just said the Mavericks uh, and the Clippers are tied at 2-2 because Doncic hit an awesome game winner on Sunday. Um, people need to calm down. That was one game, a game where the Clippers led well, by 20 in the first half. If they don't fall apart... They're up three one in this series, so I just we can we can celebrate Doncic. Doncic, he's had Doncic, a great yeah. moment there. I think he's a guy that we're going to see play in playoff games a lot in the years to come. I think the Mavs are a team to watch, particularly with him involved. But that was one game, and people just need to calm down and and let the series happen before you give the Mavs the West for the next decade. It's two games though; they've won two games. But so have the Clippers. So I just don't Paul like George we, is really bad in the playoffs. He is playoff playoff P is not very good. <laughs> playoff P is a disaster. Yeah, the worst thing that ever happened to that dude was that commercial. It was like what a Gatorade commercial or something. He gave himself P? that nickname. What an idiot. Oh my goodness. So bad. You got the Jazz up 3-1 on the Nuggets. The Jazz with the team I said. We're going to be better this year. I know. It just took them till the playoffs to start making a move. I'm not claiming a right yet there. Um, looks good, though. But it looks good. It looks good. And then uh, Rockets and Thunder tied at two. That that was what we knew was going to be the most interesting uh, in the West. And then the Lakers up 2-1. They, they play late here Monday night. Um, who cares? Uh, speaking of who cares, the NBA draft lottery came. And I'll just answer you. Tell, ask so you can say it. No, I don't care. Did you care at all about the lottery? Yeah, the Wizards got the ninth pick. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. And no <laughs> one does because there's no star there's no 
of Zion coming out this year. They'll be no, topping. There's no like just straight up. We know this guy's a star, number one pick. He's going to be good forever, guy. And I don't see even the top five being that interesting. I think the most drama in this draft is if LeVar Ball's kid, how far he falls because of his dad. I think that's I something know. to watch. Now, LeVar Ball has been quiet here for a, a year or so, but I just going to see if the further he falls, the more I blame his dad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's get out here. Let's talk to Loss. And on the Yak Sports Podcast this week, we have George Loss with us. He is the head coach of the varsity baseball team at Stanton High School, but he was also RCBL Person of the Year of the Bridgewater Reds. And George, I know I talked to you on the other podcast I do, 40 Sports, right at the beginning of the season. And uh, actually, I think right before the season started, and you said, you know, I don't know how many at-bats I'm going to get, but I'm just going to go out there and enjoy and have fun. Well, you made the most of your at-bats. You had quite a few dingers. Your average was great. And uh, it just seemed like night after night, I was seeing George Loss highlights on social media. Well, that's one of the one of the main reasons you see that is because I got some great friends that are involved with the camera and filming. So uh, <laughs> you know, I always always appreciated everybody that's been there. Um, you know, you, if you work hard and you put the, the hard work in and, and make the effort, you, you put yourself in situations, have some success, and to get to get one more chance to play. I cannot tell you enough how 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 satisfying it was. Uh, it was tough to know that regardless, you know, like I, I've talked about this before, this is it for me as a player. So walking away from it is a little bittersweet because I, I saw that I could still do it uh, at the level that I was hoping to do. I didn't want to go out there and embarrass myself or the organization or my family. And uh, to say that we went out and had some success this year, I, I, I can't explain to you how – how much happiness it brought, um, you know, during the time that there's a lot of craziness going on in the world. Um, it was just to find that little bit of normalcy to, to be able to do something I love one more time and, and say goodbye to the game on my terms. Uh, I just, you know, I can't thank the RCBL enough. Uh, Randy Atkins, the Bridgewater Reds, Robert Scherfe and my teammates and, and everybody that played this year. So uh, it was just a great experience. It really was. When did it kind of transition from, yeah, I don't know how many uh, bats I'll get or if I'll get in there very often to, hey, I'm playing pretty good. When did it kind of switch in your mind of, oh, this is, I can still play, like you just said. Like, when, when did it kind of switch in your mind? Well, we uh, we were fortunate. We did some uh, small group inter-squads before the season started, and uh, there were some pitchers that we had that were, you know, pretty good, uh, and, and we got to face them, and the first time I went out there, I felt like a deer just, you know, running on the uh, asphalt, just kind of like all over the place. But uh, as, you know, we settled in and it was about timing, I guess you could say. You have to see 88 to 91 to hit it again. And I could always hit the fastball, but some of these pitchers that were in the league this year were just uh, incredibly talented with their off speed, the curveball, the sliders, the changeups, uh, the two seams, the development of the game in the last 10 years, just with the strength of the kids and some of the pitching mechanics, it, it really puts you on, on, you know, the tip of your toes that you had to pay attention and you had to be ready. And it was, it was the ultimate rush. It really was the ultimate rush. So uh, as things worked out early, uh, the first game, I didn't expect to play. I, I expected to just contribute when needed. 
and I get a chance to jump right in in the uh, ninth inning against draft. And, and the first one that got through was kind of a questionable hit. So I said, I, you know, I got to do something to redeem myself. <laughs> it was so, a hit on the radio. Yeah, it was a hit. It was a hit on the score <laughs> sheet too. So it was very generous. But the, the second one, I wanted to leave no doubt. And that's when I hit the double left center. And it was a line drive. It wasn't just some weak, you know, little dinker that got through. But, um, you know, when I slid in the second base, I almost started crying just because that's what I loved. I, I missed it. Hmm. It's, it's a part that's of awesome. you that there's a there's a hole as a competitor that's kind of left the last time you played because you never think about it. There was at one point, there was a time, it was the last time you went outside to play with your friends. Uh, there was a time when it was the last time you competed in the sport, whether it's high school or college or anything after that. And you never really have a preparation for that moment because you, it just happens and, and you never really have terms to say it. So uh, there's been a lot of great opportunities. Uh, I've met some great people. I've played with some great players, played for some great coaches. And, and just to say goodbye to the game. And, and like if we had ended that day, I, I couldn't have asked for more. But uh, we're fortunate we played a whole season. And I would say maybe about four or five games in, I think I kind of proved my worth because uh, Robert told me going in that we had a bunch of young guys that were going to be playing. Uh, you know, they missed out on the spring, a bunch of college players. And to get a chance to compete with them and push them, I think we made each other better. Uh, and I've taught them a couple things along the way. And I, I would like to say that, you know, just the support and the camaraderie was something that you can't forget because, if you're not having fun together, it makes it tough in baseball. So uh, about the fourth or fifth game, I, I started making some solid contact, and it kind of put the pressure on to, to put me in the lineup. Uh, but I give Rod, Robert credit because he, he tried his best to make sure everybody was taken care of. So uh, as That's it nice. came along and we wanted to, to hit uh, to win, you know, we, we put a lineup together that was respectable. Talk about some of those young guys this year, you know, with the BBL not playing a no – the RCBL picked up some of those guys, and I think they even adjusted some of the roster limits and stuff to to get some of those guys in. Uh, you know, I know you've been associated with the BBL a lot these last couple of years, but you know what's over in the RCBL. Talk about the difference in uh, quality of play over there in the RCBL this year. I think with the talent that was influxuated into the the league from the Valley League, and also there was there were a couple other leagues like that get yeah, shut down. Yeah. So um, you know, you had. Yeah, guys like the MVP, Chase DeLauder. Chase was supposed to play for us in Strasburg. And, uh, you know, he came out and showed exactly why he's he was a freshman All-American at JMU. He just yeah had a better home run per bat rate than Barry Bonds. <laughs> and he's proven his worth uh, even in the championship series. You know, had three home runs in game two. But, uh, you know, the kids got some top five-round talent. Uh, Pitching-wise, you had, you had the pitcher of the year, Adam Riggleman, was phenomenal. Uh, kid pitches at Glenville State, but he could play anywhere Division One. Uh, I really was impressed by his off-speed and everything that they had. Uh, Broadway had a great pitching staff. John Judy, Chase Lauder, um, Brett Whiteman, Ty Abernathy, or Trent Abernathy, I'm sorry, and Liam McDonald. And on our team, we had Justin Showalter, Derek Shiflett, Mr. Every Night, <laughs> and hey. uh, we also had Liam Grubbs, and, and we had some guys that really – stepped up from D2, D3 schools, but the, like, you know, Chris Huffman is on his way back to, to minor league rehab, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, 
he was released because of the pandemic. They, they made a whole bunch of minor league cuts for the Padres. And, you know, he's working his way back to try to find a job again. And, and there's no doubt after watching him throw this summer, he threw a couple times, but his stuff just jumps out of his hands. And a lot of the former players that I coached in this league uh, or yeah. in the Valley League played, and I got to play along with them. And it was just so cool because this year the talent, the boom of talent that was in there, just it was stockpiled. So um, you you had to bring it every night. You had to make sure that you you know the one nothing ball game was going to happen. Everybody knew that the pitching was going to be ahead of the hitting. But just in regards to the speed, you just you can't simulate 92. You you just can't. You you can talk about it, but it's just a quick flick of the wrist and the ball's by you, and then the next one just drops off the table down to the back foot on the slider. So I, I still say the hardest pitch to hit is a doggone curve or I mean changeup. Uh, especially coming from a right-handed hitter or pitcher to a lefty hitter. So it, it was just, I mean, the talent was just incredible. It really was. So uh, you, you already hit on it there. You played against guys that you coached in the BBL. I, I know one night in particular on Twitter, there was kind of an exchange where you had, I think, hit a double off a pitcher that you uh, coached at Harrisonburg. Talk about that dynamic, you know, go switching roles, then being competitors, I mean, is it, are you on second base kind of jabbing at him? Or are you at second base telling him how he, how he should have worked the count a little, or, you know, how he should have pitched you a little different? Like, how does that go transitioning from competitor uh, from, from being their coach? Well, I, I will tell you this, that we joke around and kid before the game and after the game. Yeah. But uh, baseball is the ultimate chess match. Uh, the competition, everybody that plays baseball if you put a football player in baseball, they may struggle. If you put a hockey player in baseball, they may struggle. But if you put a baseball player in any sport, they're going to find a way to compete. So um, it was just something we've always had in common. Baseball was a universal language. Uh, it, it brought us together uh, in Harrisonburg. And I, I won't say his name because I know that he got razzed by his teammates a little bit, but I actually hit a home run off of him. Oh. So, <laughs> he, he told me – he told me during the off season, he says, if I ever face you, I'm going to give you three fastballs. And he said, and whatever you do with it, that's it. But after that, I'm not promising anything else. So uh, the first fastball I took and timed it up and everybody was jawing a little bit. Some of the guys that we had, uh, you know, on the team and his teammates at JMU and the second pitch, I probably hit the furthest home run in my life uh, with a wood bat. And I, 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 I carried the sword a little bit down the line. Love it. Um, <laughs> nice. And I didn't, I didn't do a big bat flip. I just, you know, I, I relished the moment because it was one of the, you tell the kids, this is what you need to do. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, who's this guy? You know, who's this guy to tell me that? And when you get the chance to go up there and show them, this is what you're supposed to do with this pitch. And, and you get a lot more respect because a lot of guys kind of stick it around and say, well, in my day, I was decent. I did this, I did that. They're like, okay, pops, you know. But yeah. when, when you're out there and you actually do it, uh, the, the level of respect was just out, out through the roof. So it, it was pretty cool. But I will tell you, later on in the season, I faced him again, and uh, he made me look pretty silly. Uh, he, <laughs> Those three fastballs weren't there, huh? <laughs> no, no. He, he threw a, a curveball, and it looked like a cricket swing. I ain't going to lie about that. I just stuck my bat out there, and it was just like trying to just slap it foul. It was just uh, – but it's one of those – it's the greatest thing about baseball is you know, the, the next pitch matters and, and the opportunities that are there. And you got to do what you can uh, with that pitch because not anybody can hold your hand in the, in the batter's box. You've got to do your job 
whether it's uh, sacrificing or getting a base hit or working the pitcher. Uh, but I, I was fortunate this year to run into a couple balls. I've always been a hitter, and to hit it off a guy that you know, um, that it makes it a little bit better. So uh, I, I want to thank that guy. Uh, I'm not going to say his name again because he's already gotten harassed enough. But, you know, there's are the relationships that are created through the game of baseball that I absolutely will cherish forever. So quick follow-up there. Um, you said he told you he was going to give you three fastballs. The second one, you hit the longest home run you've ever hit with a wooden bat. And then the next time up, he threw you a curveball. Was that the first pitch was a curveball? Yeah, yeah, he went So uh, he didn't throw ball. you three fastballs. Did you call time in charge? <laughs> no, I, I, will, I will say, I think, I think I had carried out my welcome after that. that yeah, time, so. I'd say that clears the deck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I want to ask you about winning the person of the year uh, in the RCBL award and what that means to you, because uh, I'll be honest with you, coach. Uh, my brother and I, we've gotten to know you through 40 sports when you were coaching the Valley. And we we knew how great of a guy you were even before this award got put on you. But I, I'm sure it's nice to to get that recognition. What did it mean to to have that award given to you publicly? The, the the award itself was named in honor of Chris Kofer, uh, which is it's kind of bittersweet because we wish Chris was still with us. Uh, it was unfortunate with everything that happened and the strength that his family has shown, the community of Clover Hill, uh, their organization has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, Whitney has shown that she's one of the strongest women that, that we may have ever encountered um, for what she's done for her family and the legacy that they're, they're helping to carry on and, and go forward. Uh, what the RCBL did to honor Chris was phenomenal. Uh, I'm very extremely humbled to, to receive the award. Um, it could have went to a lot of people that were involved with the game, people that have been around the RCBL for a long, long time. Um, you know, there's a guy that's been flipping burgers for a long time at Clover Hill. Uh, the people that make the league itself um, enjoyable, uh, the people behind the scenes, those are the people of the, uh, of the year every day. So uh, just to, to have my name announced, and it's something, like I said, this year the Stars had to line up perfectly for me to have this opportunity to play. Uh, I don't know how or why I got this chance, but um, it, it meant the world to me. And to play baseball one last time, I, I couldn't thank it enough. Uh, you know, God is good. Um, it's been a blessing. Uh, I got a chance to find – you know, the happiness again, because when you're in that box and, and you, you can get lost in so many things with baseball and you forget what's going on around you and, and it, it's, I missed it. And to experience it one more time, it's, there's no drug you can find over the counter that would ever match the high of, you know, hitting a home run or sliding the second base or making a diving play. And I don't try to do things to get attention. I don't try to make you know, myself pound my chest or anything like that. But there's a certain way that my parents and my grandparents have taught me to, to live your life. And it's to try to make everybody better around you, try to make your communities better. You know, you, we, we may not have the most expensive, richest corner of the earth, but we can make it the best corner of the earth with everything that we're doing over here, uh, whether it's helping out our neighbors or helping out the people in our neighborhood, especially with the floods going on in Stanton. You know, I've seen some great camaraderie down there. Yes. People yep. have really dug in and, and really helped out some people that are in bad shape and businesses. And, you know, baseball is just a sport. Life, you can choose to be a good person every day. And if we choose to be a good person and the next person catches that same fever, you know, we can make our world a better place for our kids and for the future generations because that's what we need right now. It's, it's you know, easy to 
I think I told you about this. It's easy to be a temperature uh, gauge and tell everybody, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too cold. And people that complain all the time and yell at you and do things, you know, to where I guess you can say it's not enjoyable. But if you're a uh, thermostat, you can control the temperature. And and that's the kind of person I've always tried to be. I wanted to control the temperature in the room because if I can help do that, we can have a better situation all around us. And it's better for everybody. So uh, extremely humbled. I I appreciate your kind words. Uh, You know, you guys do it right. Uh, It's fun. This is a lot of fun for us (laughs) to communicate. But even if you didn't do the show, I still think the world of you guys and everything you do. I mean, you put up with Chris Davis for X amount of years. I know. So, <laughs> and I know. He's, he's on the DL, so I hope he recovers soon because I know you're missing out on it. <laughs> yeah, no timetable. I mean, look, I just want to make sure he's 100%. You know, I don't want him rushing back and making it worse. <laughs> yeah, take your time. I, make sure he's healthy for sure. But um, I, I want to ask you, because the VHSL came out, well, their drafts came out. I don't know if the VA, how much the VHSL had to do with it, but they came out and it was kind of a rough draft, I believe is what it, the term is being used for the plans for this academic year coming up uh, in sports. And you're the varsity baseball coach at Stanton High School. We talked about that at the top and we'll talk about it again here. Uh, you had a chance to view those. What are your initial thoughts on the rough draft and what that means for baseball? What um what I really enjoy is the fact that I think everybody's going to have a chance to have a season. Last year in the spring, we we had a tough draw to where baseball was shut down, and we really didn't get to have a season at all. We had a couple scrimmages for some teams, but um, I felt bad for the seniors that lost the 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 you know they yeah. lost their season, they lost their academic season, they lost their uh, you know musical some places, and for this the people, the students that didn't get to experience that, it's something you'll never be able to get back. So as they're going on to college, you know, I wish them good luck and and I thank them for everything they've done. And, and, you know, I encourage them to just take chances again, but what we're facing here is is something different. Yeah, it might be limited, but there are some states that are not having anything at all. So uh, I think it's a, you know, we, we have to look at the positive side of it to even if it's six games in football, even if it's 14 in basketball or 12 in baseball, we have to take advantage of the short term that we may have together because if there's a spike or an outbreak, you know, who knows what could happen. It could be something to where I I don't want anybody to have to face what we faced last spring. And that was tough on our administration and on our school employees. And and I know it's it's tough for athletic directors because you want to make sure that everybody gets that uh, experience as a high school student, you know, the sports, extracurriculars, clubs, uh, and when things get shut down, that's beyond their control, and we have to do what's best for the kids, so uh, I'm hoping that no matter how small it may be or how short the season may be, I I just hope that everybody goes out and takes advantage of the opportunities that's been given to them, because if we do that, it'll make it a memorable season, because you still get to have a season. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Pairing that with your whole thermostat comment uh, from the last question, uh, very good approaches. I don't know, in hosting a podcast, I don't always know if, if we exactly are approaching things as a thermostat. I think sometimes we are just the uh, temperature uh, yeller, yeah. but uh, especially tonight in the first segment that you didn't hear. Uh, but <laughs> um, that's a great approach to things. I, I think sometimes we do try to do that. I, I think over the summer we've had some segments where we would try to do more of that. But uh Great way of looking at things, and uh, yeah, hopefully 
everything works out with the VHSL and uh, you get your baseball season and that'd be great. Yeah, it's, you know, we had a chance to do some things that we've been working hard for uh, the last couple of years to really try to turn the program around and to build to what the level of expectation is to what, you know, they talk about football, they talk about basketball, but, you know, we want baseball to be where where it's going to be in the conversation of the sports that they're stand high and they be known for, excuse me. So we've got some good leadership coming back. Uh, we got some seniors that are getting some looks from some schools, D2, D3. Uh, we got a couple D1 guys, but, uh, you know, I really look forward to, to just being with them because I miss them. You know, I missed out on, on some time in the spring. I was fortunate to, to watch some of their games in the summer uh, that they played around some of the different travel teams. And I've just, and, and you talk about being a thermostat, you know what? Not everybody has to be that way. You know, you can just make some decent choices to where you are in, in a position you are. You have to make sure that you get some controversy around or you have to make sure you get a point <laughs> hammered across and you have to hurt feelings sometimes. I, I, saying, I think we've definitely I hurt understand feelings. That. Yeah. yeah. But I want to get you out of here on a fun question. Um, you told us right when we called you, you were watching some wrestling. So <laughs> what are Leland and I missing out on right now in WWE? Is Drew McIntyre still the champion? He, he's still the champion, but one of the coolest things that happened this weekend, they had, uh, NXT TakeOver, Pat McAfee, <laughs> who I absolutely love. He actually wrestled against Adam Cole, Bebe. Um, <laughs> it was, if you get a chance to go back and watch just what Pat – Pat McAfee is a phenomenal athlete, and he's he is money on the mic. Uh, so I hope that maybe someday that uh, – you know, I'm not going to say he's comparable to The Rock or Stone Cold, but – for some of the stale product that they put out in the last five to six years and, and lost a lot of fans, it turned some heads because it was a combination of both worlds. Uh, AJ Hawk was there to support him. And, and at one point there was a cluster, of, you know, trying to get in between security and everything on the floor with about 10 guys, Pat McAfee stu uh, snuck in the ring and actually did a swanton bond. And it was pretty graceful. And then he did a uh, backflip off of the top rope in the corner landed on his feet and then ran up and did a superplex. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you get a chance to watch the highlights of those matches. Uh, it's, it's been pretty fun. They, they get some new innovative stuff to where they're uh, putting TV monitors up as fans are allowed to pay for their seat to watch the matches. They call it the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> I just think of Mad Max whenever I hear that term, yeah. but uh, it's, it's been wild. Uh, you know, it's, I know it's like, we talk about this every time. I know it's fake. I know it's not something that's, uh, you know, real and so to speak, but what the athletes do running and jumping and flipping and learning to, it's like a dance, so to speak, but the physical toll it takes on their bodies is just, it's impressive how they've have perfected taking a bump. So yeah. my hat's off to Pat McAfee. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Coach Loss, for joining us. Um, I, I love the in-depth breakdown. I actually did see the highlight of him jumping out of the ring and ta attacking the security guards. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you don't have to apologize and say you know it's fake and it's not real and all that. And, I mean, hey, neither is the MLB strike zone, but we all pretend <laughs> together. So we appreciate you coming on and talking, talking baseball and wrestling with us. Thanks again, Coach. Hey, thank you guys so much again for everything. And like I said, as a player, I want to personally thank the RCBL and Randy Atkins and the award that I was lucky to receive this year and everybody that 
uh, had a chance to, to get this opportunity for me to play. I can't thank them enough. And I want to thank my mom and dad because they listen to these shows. Uh, I send it up to them and, and I love them. And I just want you to remember that we don't make soft people from Steubenville, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you. Again, we want to first off thank George for talking to us, and we want to clarify George did not listen to the first segment. Uh, he did not know anything we said, so he is not a part of that first segment. Uh, we do want to stress that again. Um, and I, I want to clarify for Leland and I, we don't have a problem with George playing in the RCBL. We don't have a problem with anybody playing in the RCBL, the players. What we have a problem with is the social distancing not happening in the stands, and I just find it hard to believe that that's the first time it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. So let's move on. Uh, what is dominating my life? And I will go first. I think I normally do. Uh, I went to a wedding this weekend, which uh, again, it sounds like one of those scary situations for a time in a pandemic and, and the chance of being in crowds. Um, I think luckily for me, a, um, member at the wedding uh and maybe not one of the ones throwing the wedding is that a lot of people weren't able to make it uh because either in or to out of town and traveling wasn't going to work out or just uh being cautious about being at an event it made the reception room be very spread out uh so that's unlike most weddings you go to most time you're trying to pack as many people can in whatever space that it can hold and so it was very spread out very nice i was sitting at a table with my parents or who who are already in my uh bubble of people um, so it really worked out nicely there. Um, and then they gave out masks, they gave out hand sanitizer. Uh, there was reference to it on the invitations that had all, uh, discussion of COVID and, and proper way to approach it. So I really appreciated them throwing the wedding the way they did. There was no tough it out situation. There was no, uh, don't be scared situation there. It was very nice. Um, but just a lot of things were a lot different. And, uh, you know, you get the funny pictures of two people in masks kissing or, you know, putting their mouths up against each other uh, and stuff like that. And, and I know that makes light of it. But I mean, it's a happy day. And what I was really glad to see with this wedding was that despite everything being thrown at it, despite the fact that it was delayed from Memorial Day weekend till now and the concerns that we still have now, it was a happy day and it was a fun day. And uh, everybody was able to operate within a good window here. And I'm sure there was, you know, I'm sure there's photography pictures where someone wasn't exactly perfect. I just hope it wasn't me. And, uh, you one. know, you, yeah. but everybody was trying and that's what I really appreciate. And I think with all this, it kind of reinforced what the schools are trying to do, what these colleges are trying. Everybody's trying to do their best and protect people. A lot of people are. And that's why I really commend the schools that, hey, that number jumped up. We got to shut it down for at least two weeks or, um, hey, things just aren't looking the way we are. We need to go to virtual for now. Um, and it's tough situations for these school districts, for these colleges, for these businesses. It's all tough. But I just have a different re level of respect for any of these entities that just try their hardest, put their best foot forward. Maybe it's not perfect, but they've tried. And so I appreciate that a lot more than um, people that kind of fly in the face of that. And I think we've already hit on that enough tonight, but in, in, in other places too. So i um, happy that that wedding happened. Um, 
I believe he's a listener, so hopefully he hears this. And I was proud to be a part of it and uh, proud to go to it. And uh, proud for him because uh, he married up. It was good. She's a, she's a good girl. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why you said colleges and businesses. I mean, those are the same thing. Um, but I will say, I noticed, yeah, I noticed you didn't use the name, so I won't use the name. But uh, I do know him, and I just want to also issue my congratulations, uh, both both producers and co-hosts on the Yak Sports Podcast. Congratulate him. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I got some pictures from you. Um, you liked a tweet of mine. Uh, and that's usually how I know Leland's drunk is he's like one of my <laughs> tweets that only happens when he's drunk. He never does that sober. So, Hey, I was sitting at a table between my wife and my mom. I was in a safe place to have a couple beverages. Yeah. Hey, I'm not <laughs> judging. I'm just saying that's when I knew. I think I texted that to you too. Like, uh, Leland's drunk. He liked my tweet. Um, but yeah. And that was flooding that that we left. We left a little bit early because the flooding downtown, it's just terrible. I, I, we didn't open the show like we did last time, but thoughts out to those businesses again, getting hit again. I just, that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And that's sad. Um, I, I, you know, I'm glad that wedding was able to go. I know I've got a family wedding that's supposed to happen New Year's Eve. That is, you know, we're a little nervous about, um, but hopefully, hopefully that gets to happen. Yeah. Hopefully that gets to happen. Um, what is dominating my life is the NHL playoffs, even though the Caps uh, were the victims of a gentleman's sweep. Todd Reardon is no more. The Todd Reardon era is gone, and thank God for that, because that guy is a clown. Um, that much talent should not be getting taken out in five games, the Newark Islanders, um, or anybody. I, my only hesitation there was, man, it was a different situation this year. I, It's just a different year. And you were going, and then you had to stop and get going again. I just... Mm, he hasn't been great. We haven't... I mean, he's only had one other year as the head coach, but that didn't go well either. But your standard... I mean, your standard's just... I guess it is. I guess it is just that much more now. Um, yeah, losing in the first the round isn't good. Mm-hmm. Losing in the first round in five games is inexcusable. Can't have that. Yeah. So, um, glad Todd Reardon is out. Now it's just a race of or a question of who they bring in and a race to find the right coach. Um, but in terms of the NHL playoffs, I'm excited. I think the Dallas Colorado series is going to be great. I think uh, Tampa Bay, I'm very interested to see how that series goes with Tampa Bay, Boston. Um, and I'm doing well on my NHL predictions, despite seeing, I don't know, 25% of the season. So maybe the key is to just not watch any sports and then just, yeah. My sister proved that one year with an NCAA bracket. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, what I know that you need to know, get ready. You might not be going to a store to do this, but you have to get ready digitally. November 13th, 2020. I, I think it'll happen because I don't think anything can get in the way of this because I think it can happen digitally. Chris Stapleton's new album coming out. It's going to save 2020. Chris Stapleton, new music from about the only person that I think is producing good quality country music. Uh, I've opened my eyes to some other people that are doing that recently, but I'm still claiming Chris Stapleton is the best. (laughs) And so I'm looking forward to that album coming out in November. Big fan of that Cardi B single that dropped. (laughs) 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 Ah, I couldn't resist. Yeah. Um, Those guys on those guys, I know he got picked up by Barstool and we don't love Barstool, but Joey, um, that Molinaro, yeah. Yeah. And he does all those uh, mm-hmm. impressions. And then he has the he has a friend who kind of makes a lot of faces. They do a lot of ones videos together. They did like the 
the two dads watching the new Cardi B video and they nailed it. It was so funny. I was, I was like, Oh, I, I said three of those statements that first day I watched it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just like bad jokes and uncomfortableness. <laughs> I will say if you haven't heard it, don't listen to it in front of family. Oh my goodness. If you haven't heard it, don't, just don't, don't, don't. don't. I, yeah, I'm not it's bad. It. It's bad. Um, it, it's funny. Cause like, People are just like, well, look, listen to how much worse music is now. And I kind of like thought back and I was like, you know, when I was a kid and there was some inappropriate songs that came out, I think Monifa had a had a solid one uh, that was pretty, pretty tough. It was probably pretty tough for my parents to hear me listening to. And um, I just remember thinking I was, man, my kids, when when I have kids, I'll just never, you know, it's just music. It doesn't matter. It's just words from a song. It'll never matter. And that song came out from Cardi B two weeks ago. And I think I ripped the stereo out of my car. Like, <laughs> nope, not listening to music ever again. Like, if that song comes on in the car with my kids present. Well, they can't play that on the radio for two weeks. They can't play that on the radio. The but only way the that comes video on version has like as a slightly different line. Oh, the only I way that comes on your radio is if you have it downloaded on your phone or your yeah, iPod or serious, whatever. Serious radio. So I'm scared. Oh, well, serious radio could be a different ball game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of regular terrestrial radio that can't, it can't get on there. Um, yeah. I mean, if you like Missy Elliott, then sure, this is probably right up your alley, but otherwise, I mean, look, this is, I'm a 31 year old bachelor. And even I, like when I was listening to it, it was like, wow, we're not even being subtle here. Okay. Like it's just out there. All right. So, that ends old man talk here on the Exports podcast. <laughs> That's what I know that you need to know, I guess, because I don't have I like else. rap music and I still that was that one put me back. It just a wasn't bit. subtle. That's the thing. It is just nothing <laughs> subtle about it. Does it you don't have to be, you know, a poet to understand what that song's about. Yeah. My goodness. It's in the title. Hey mom, don't go Don't look listen to Cardi B's <laughs> new don't song. Go look this song yes, up. Mrs. McRae, as one of our prime listeners, do not do that. Don't go, don't go do that. Also, Rob, probably a pretty bad idea to put it on uh at at the business. <laughs> but speaking of Rob, you know what? That's what I know that you need to know. Leland got me this great hat. I didn't wear my Sports, uniform tonight. Yak Sports Podcast. I put mine on like a like a true NASCAR professional. Um, I'm 10 feet away putting on my hat. I just want to thank Leland for the present uh, two years uh, and thank Rob for doing a great job with the hat. I love it. Uh, it's great. And uh, just thanks to Leland and thanks to Rob for all that they've done and getting me this hat. You're welcome, buddy. All right. Take us out, Leland. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the exports podcast this week. If you listen enough, you might get a hat. Maybe that's new new, new deal here. We got to work that out. We still got to work uh, on that. Can we not do any promises until we like figure out this Yak County Cup thing first? Like, I just don't want to oh, start yeah, a tradition. Forty sports. We've only done one on my other podcast. I've only done one contest, and I still haven't fulfilled that contest. And that was like five or six years ago. We've. Done I still a owe someone a signed picture. We've done a couple contests where people were welcome to come on the podcast if they won the yeah yeah yeah. But what I'm season. saying is let's let's do the Yak County Cup before we start promising hat giveaways. There is no promise of a hat giveaway at this point. Right now, there's two. Actually, there's three, but uh, there's there's only so many. They're limited edition right now, so uh, we're going to keep it that way for at least the time being. But uh, there's no way you'll ever get a hat if you don't listen to us or follow That's us. True. So make sure you are at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter and Facebook or 
at yaksportspod at gmail.com. Interact with us any way you would like those ways. And uh, we always like the interaction. I know Jeff Wright is our all-star for an interaction. And uh, he sent some good tweets this last week of the, I love these videos where people will like take on being the, the conference or the teams reacting to all this stuff. It's very creative. Uh, the one Jeff sent us was very good. There's a girl that I think she started in the Big Ten doing them, but she's branched out and done the ACC and nailed us in Virginia Tech. I mean, yes. all we cared about was how bad UVA was for the last 30 years. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. she nailed it. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> but those are so fun to watch. And, and uh, yeah, very good. So make sure uh, you're following us on Twitter so you can see when we retweet those. But then also don't miss an episode. And you can do that by subscribing on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. And tell your friends to do that so they don't miss us either. Uh, we're going to have more and more sports coming along as it looks like NFL will be a go. And uh, we'll see what college football does. But we'll be here talking about it week after week. And we will talk to you next week about whatever happens between now and then for you, the Augusta County sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.